Welcome to Forgive Me Father. Here in the confession booth, we discuss how a certain aspect of life and church culture work together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help everyone understand each other more and create dialogue no matter what you've experienced or believe. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What sins have you committed? I grew up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I struggle relating to other Christians. Caroline, do you Goodness. watch The Office? I'm, I'm assuming. Oh, of course. Okay, good, good. I would have felt really bad if we were just one of the no. about The Office, and she was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah, I grew up on that show. If you, oh, this is the real question. Okay. What office character would you give me? And I'll give you one. See, that that's a good question because I was about to go into like what TV character do you feel like you most relate to or like would you like kind of give each other? Uh, for you, an office character though? Let me think about it so we can sit in silence until I think of something. We can edit out everything All in right. between. We'll be back right after these short messages. <laughs> Today's sponsors, Bears, Beats, <laughs> And Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> In that order. We made it, guys. Uh, um, office character for you. I feel like, don't be offended by this, but I, from my, you know, first impression of you, I feel like you're like a mix between Kevin, Jim, and Pam. All in like the same. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. A mixture of Kevin, Jim, and Pam? Yes. Huh. I've gotten Pam. Yes. More than enough times. But I feel like you're I, lovable like Kevin. Do you know what I'm aw. saying? You, like hate Jim. You're like, dumb. Uh, all, right. <laughs> <Not> that, <okay. laughs> all right. Well, I'll see you guys the next week. Uh, tune in to the next I'm leaving now. All right. You called me a groundhog. Will you get over the fact that I called you a groundhog? It's just, it's done. It's over and done with. All right. <sighs> I'm okay, sorry. Apologize. So you said you said Kevin because lovable. What what were the other reasons for for Kevin? For the ones you gave. Uh, what are just the the characters that you gave? Because I feel like she is like a prankster, like Jim. But I also feel like you know, like once Pam has her babies and she just becomes really sensitive, and it's just like I just don't imagine how anyone could do that to a child. Like I feel like you still have that part of you in you that like Jim like like didn't have. You know what I'm saying? So like you would still be like, oh my goodness. Sometimes <laughs> you'd be like, ha ha, suck it. <laughs> you know what? She's not wrong. That's fair. I think. If I were to give you two characters, I would give you the later seasons, Mindy and Pam. Those would be the two that I give you. Okay. I think you've got like sassiness and the fieriness of later season Mindy. Um, but then also like the down to earth side of Pam, the sarcastic side of Pam. I think you, I think those are two sides of a coin that would be labeled AJ. Yes. That was very sweet of you. Anyway. All right. What about me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. In conclusion, the most common denominator is Pam. So we're going to just go with Pam. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so for John. Definitely Jim. I was, yeah, I was going to say a mixture cool. of Jim, Ryan, 
Yeah. I, yeah, I could. Yeah. Jim, Ryan, and Meredith only because of her drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I would honestly. Jim, Ryan, and Meredith. Yeah. I think, I think some of my more cynical comments are very like Meredith esque. Like when, yeah. <laughs> when, when they were like, uh, we're not going to have strippers at the office. And she's like, shut up, Angela. <laughs> yeah. Just no, like, I think kind of like, let's just have fun. Like, stop ruining this is yeah, very the, much the how the I would carefree want to party. John is the Meredith. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. old, the like, the old, old days player, player, uh, bad boy is Ryan. And okay. then I feel like now that you're older and you know, you can't wait to have kids and you're like going to be a dad and you're like, not yet, but like when you're going to be a dad. Yeah, I was going to say, like, hold up, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Ryan is the, the back in the day playboy and then Jim is the when you eventually become a dad and you're suddenly you're just like you're the dude's dude you know you're like yeah i think the i think one thing with ryan though that i would say too is that like when he's in the office he like knows the job that's supposed to get done he knows what he's supposed to do and he just kind of like puts up with the boss's crap you know like michael's constantly like (laughs) and ryan's like yeah i mean i'm just kind of here for a paycheck like i know what's going to further me and what i want to get done and i feel like that's a lot of what my mentality is too it's just like you know, I'm, I'm just here. I'm just vibing. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be involved with everybody's lives. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> yeah. It all, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, Caroline immediately Holly vibes. What? Holly? She, Holly. She's I so say, yeah. sweet. She's so yeah. sweet and she's so willing to help everybody. And she's like, just such like, a, like free spirited, kind, beautiful, lovely lady. And that just reminds me of you. Really? I yeah. was going to up and say, I'm a mixture from of Leslie Nope and April Ludgate from Parks and Rec. Oh, we're going to switch it up now. Oh, we're going to, we're going to bring in a different show then. We're going to, we're going to, all right, plot twist. But it's interesting you said Holly, but I don't think I can handle a man like Michael in my life. I don't. I don't nobody think, could super, yeah, nobody yeah. could <laughs> uh, no, that makes I, sense holly's yeah. a good one holly's a good holly's a strong one i would say holly yeah honestly i would probably say holly and like a little bit of pam just because like once again pam's like down to earth yeah witty you know like she like she cares for people she kind of knows what's going on behind the scenes and stuff like that so but holly's a really good one like she's very like carefree very spirited but also like with a the ethics seminar she was like i know that i have a job to do i'm gonna do my job i'm not gonna waver in that so very much like she knew who she was mm-hmm. um so a very nice compliment yeah for sure every week if you need it <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to compliment me if you want to have me on the podcast just so you can compliment me that's cool that's cool that's cool today is super special because we have a topic that both AJ and I aren't necessarily knowledgeable about. And so we have someone who's going to come on, share a ton of knowledge with us, give us their perspective on how they view what we would consider like the United States modern Christian culture versus what they believe, how they believe, and different things like that. And we're going to be talking about the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, which is something super exciting. I think something that people know not even the tip of the iceberg about. Uh, but something that we're really excited to, to share with you guys. AJ, how are you feeling about this topic? I'm very excited, John. Uh, I love that you are now on the same side of the table as me. And we are both, <laughs> both going to be sitting here today being like, what? <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're both soaking in knowledge today, for sure. And, yo. 
taking a bath in some knowledge juice. Oh, don't <laughs> phrase it like that. <laughs> Come on, kids. The I water say... of knowledge is fine. Why did, the I don't kitty know why pulls out that. back. Yeah. All right. Well, we're definitely keeping it in now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but here to help us with that, uh, that bath of knowledge, geez, <laughs> uh, is Caroline Seal. Uh, she was someone that was introduced to me by Jacqueline, who was on in season one. They worked together at a coffee shop. Uh, Caroline, thank you so much for, for taking time to be on with us. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to bathe you guys. I don't know about bath. <laughs> this is weird, man. We're getting off to a really, really hot start. And I'm just carrying the torch. So. I'm here. I'm here for it. I don't. Yeah. But you. The problem was, is that the fire was lit by AJ and then Caroline just took it and ran with it. And I wasn't, I, you know, I had the sense to be like, oh, don't play with that fire. But I just kind of sat back and now it's really happening. You were, we, you didn't properly warn anyone at all. I didn't, you know, and I think half the time I'm kind of the instigator of this stuff. So yeah, give me my time. Give me a moment. What she did was unforgettable. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. What she did. Unforgivable. But also what she did. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Oh, man. None of us can take any of this back. No. I said as the editor of this show. (laughs) No. You know what? Leave it in. Just run it off. Anyway. No outtakes. Exactly. (laughs) Let's just just upload this, like, fully, like, raw footage. Let's just, like, show them our true selves. Just straight from the, straight from the recording to spotify and apple yeah just load it on up there yeah what do we got to lose everything we do uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway. but uh caroline why don't you guys why don't you give us just a little bit of a background for you for our listeners get to know you a little bit um and then we'll hop right into our topic yeah so um like you said earlier my name is caroline seal i was originally born in a small city called Ogden, Utah. I lived there for about 10 years. And then I moved to, um, I, well, yeah, I moved there uh, when I was, I moved to Austin, Texas when I was 10. And I like to say I was raised in Austin because I really formed my personality and the little how quirky I am um, in Austin. (laughs) And then I've lived here in Virginia in the Roanoke area for almost two years now. So yeah, I was born and raised in the church. I'm one of five. I'm the baby of five, actually. So it's pretty common in my church. So (laughs) (laughs) gotcha. Cool. Yeah. And I think even just kind of hopping into it, the the Church of Latter-day Saints, uh, for our listeners, it's more, I guess, widely known as the Church of Mormon. But we were talking with Caroline in our preliminary meeting, and she said that it was more, I guess inviting, welcoming maybe would be the best way of saying uh, that we call the the Church of Jesus of the Latter-day Saints. So it may sound like a mouthful as we're talking about it, but just know that this is a way that we're trying to be respectful to Caroline uh, and being able to to make sure that she feels comfortable on this podcast talking about this stuff as well. Um, because this is, like I said, this is a topic that that not a lot of people know about. And even something as small as that can really go a long way when we try to bridge the gap. Uh, as is the intention with this podcast. Um, but jumping right into, you know, what your church believes, Caroline, I think it's interesting that we always look at the Bible as something that was written centuries upon centuries ago, and yet we're trying to live this out in our day-to-day lives today. So modern society, 2021, the 2020s, you know, we're trying to take this book that was 
that's millenniums old and, and live it out now. And I thought something that was really interesting was that your church really does take the things that went on in, in Jesus's society at Jesus's time uh, with the apostles and stuff like that and, and brings that into the modern era. Uh, do you mind kind of explaining that a little bit to get us started? Yeah, of course. But before I start, I am in no way, shape, or form a representative of the Church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I do not want to be. Quick disclaimer. <laughs> she is notarized as uh, the ambassador. <laughs> I do not have a missionary tag. Um, but so just a quick disclaimer. This is just from my personal experience. But yes, yeah, sure. I do love about my church. We do. Uh, we really do believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so that's something that for me, when I was growing up and when I was learning about my church and, I, and I've studied a lot of other like um, areas of Christianity as well, it makes sense that God would have a prophet and 12 apostles. And when Jesus came to earth, he established that. And it would make sense for the church where Jesus Christ is at the head of it would have a prophet and 12 apostles as well. Cause that is the same from the old Testament to the new Testament. And it makes sense for God to have that now as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's so cool that you guys are, are really getting down to, this is how things were like, why can't they be this level of modern? And, and I remember us talking, even when it came to, to worship, you guys have emulated the old Testament as well. So not just the new Testament with, with Jesus and the apostles and stuff like that. And, that type of organization nowadays, but even uh, you had talked a little bit about like temples and like that level of worship. Like, can, can you speak a little bit about that and, and, and let the listeners know about how you guys have that sort of, of setup? Yeah. So um, as a member of the church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints, we do have regular houses of worship, like churches that anyone could go into, but temples are a more sacred, sacred, uh, a sacred space of worship because not only do you have to be a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but you also have to be a worthy member and you have to, um, get a recommend. So I've, a lot of people who are not members call it the Mormon ID, which is funny, but, um, you kind of have to like live up to that. And it's something that going into the temple, we do do, um, a lot of things that are mentioned in the old Testament. I myself have not fully gone through the temple because I'm not at a space where I'm ready for that. And that's something that each member kind of has to decide on their own of mm-hmm. when they're ready to go through the temple fully. But um, it makes sense to me that if God's going to have um, people in the Old Testament times spend an entire book talking about what they do in the temple and why they set it up that way, why would that just disappear 2,000 years later, right? Mm-hmm. If God the same yesterday, same tomorrow. So temples are very important for us because it's a way for us to do missionary work. And it's also a way for us to get closer to the Lord. I I often say like, trying to hear God in today's day and age, like right now is like listening to a radio with a lot of um, static. Once you go into the temple, the static's gone because the temple is one of the most prettiest places you could ever be. But since it's COVID, like I haven't been to the temple in a year and I actually cried about it last week because I miss it. But it's an Mm -hmm. incredibly, um, it's just, you feel like you are in the most holy place you could ever be in when you're in the temple. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I think it's interesting because a lot of the like Old Testament ways of thinking was that the temple is the only place you could really like spend time with God or yeah. be connected with God. And when, according to, to Christian 
the like the Christian way of thinking is that the when Jesus was sacrificed, the veil in the temple broke in that way, like God was able to commune with everybody, which is something that it sounds like you guys still really hold on to. Like you're able to have your own relationship with God, like within yeah. your home. But then you guys also have this other level of really being able to focus in and, and hear God speak to your life and things like that, which I think is is awesome. I think I think it. it it sounds like it does bring a different level of, of connection, which I think is a very, you know, it, it's not wrong in any way, but it, for me that grew up in a, and kind of a, a U.S. Christian culture type of space, uh, it's just really interesting to hear about. I think it's really cool to, to hear a different perspective and a different form of, of a setup. Yeah. I, I personally love it because to me, um, my church is built on a church of uh, personal revelation. So not to like just go into a quick history lesson, but um, in 1820, we believe that Joseph Smith was, um, he was 14 at the time and he lived in upstate New York and he was confused about which church to join because at this time it's like the, re- like the reform movement and he didn't know if he should join the Baptist church or like become a Catholic. And so we believe that he was reading in James 1, 5 and he read the verse, um, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so we believe that he went into a grove of trees and asked God, um, you know, which church should I join? And we believe that God, the father and Jesus Christ, the son came down in flesh and told them, told him that none of them were of him and that he, and, you know, and that um, he, we believe that Jesus kind of quoted um, the Bible and saying like, they speak near unto me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Mm-hmm. And so we believe that Joseph Smith then was called to be a prophet and open the new dispensation and that he was supposed to bring the true church of Jesus Christ onto this earth, which when a lot of Christians hear that they think, Oh, so you just think you're better than us. Or, Oh, you just think that my church isn't right. When in reality, sure. my church really does believe that every church has the fingerprint of God on it. Cause God's not just going to abandon his children. Just like every, mm-hmm. like every culture has a fingerprint of God on it because God's not going to abandon any of them. So, you know, that's, you know, another thing, but that's something that my church is really, really big on is personal revelation. Everyone has the right to get down on their knees and ask God a question and receive an answer for it. Um, whether you're in the temple or whether you're just at Kroger, you know what I'm saying? Everyone has that right to that answer. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And just very interesting because if you look at the Baptists, the Catholics, the Lutherans, Church of Christ, all of these other denominations, they also broke off because they didn't think that the church was doing what God had originally intended. Yeah, And a lot of modern Christians, so to speak, can condemn other churches and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints included because they're not their church. And I just yeah. think it's interesting that we kind of give so much hate when in reality, like your church also broke off. But at the end of the day, like, I think what really matters is we're all striving to, to get to the same spot, which yeah. is, you know, in heaven. You make a solid point there, John. <laughs> Cause that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're all doing that. Hold up. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. That's something that I, when I first realized that when I was about 12 or so, that really changed my perspective on my religion. Cause I was like, wow, like we really do genuinely believe that there are a lot of things. Cause if you look at like temples, it really closely matches the Jewish religion. And if you look at our, um, Mm -hmm. use on everything when it comes to jesus like it matches a lot of other christianity like a lot of other like denominations of christianity um 
but I just think that personal revelation part, you know, especially living in the South for so long as I have, it's just the really like the key difference, because if you think about Jesus's ministry, it's always one-to-one. It's always about Jesus and his relationship with that one specific person. And so for me, I've always struggled with a lot of um, like different denominations of Christianity because I feel like, and again, this is just my perspective, but I feel like you always have to rely on that pastor to talk to. And then that pastor will get that answer for you. When it's mm-hmm. to me, when I read the gospels and I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I don't see that at all. I see Jesus going to that one person and talking to them. So that's just something that like was a huge testimony builder to me when I was researching and learning about my church, even as I was growing up. Yeah. And I think your research about your own churches is super important too. I think a lot of people grow up in this culture of, well, this is just what my family has done. So this is why I believe this. This is what, you know, these are what all my friends are doing. And this is why I believe this. And I think it's so important when somebody is able to research something on their own, especially religion, and then be able to decide for themselves, okay, this is what I want to commit to for the rest of my life. Because my walk was very much, this is what I've grown up believing. This is what I know I'm supposed to do. I know this is quote unquote, right. And then when I joined the church that I most recently left, I was still kind of in that mentality of like, okay, like I know that God exists. I know that I'm supposed to be following him. If I don't do that, then I'm going to hell. Uh, And then I finally, not necessarily researched the religion, but kind of looked inside myself and realized that, you know, I I wasn't, my, my faith wasn't authentic, but it sounds like you had moments where you truly were able to build a strong faith in with within you and God, which is very equal to how most U.S. modern churches do things. So, for you personally, Caroline, what are some ways that you that you connect with God regularly, whether that's day to day or or anything specific that's really personal to your relationship with Him? Well, to kind of answer that question, I have to kind of go back to where I really actually struggle with God um, because mm-hmm. my family life was not so great growing up. Um, which in my church, we're all about families. So we kind of believe in the traditional family unit of like mom, dad, you know, the dad goes out and supports and then the mom stays home with the kids, which in no way, shape or form is wrong. Um, I do believe that that is the best way to bring up children. However, my family was not like that. I came from a blended family. Both of my parents have been divorced, divorced before. And my parents relationship wasn't per se, the happiest. So I always remember growing up, going to church and feeling like, wow, everyone around me has like this wonderful family life, but I don't. Mm -hmm. And I really resented God growing up for that because I felt like, okay, I was born to this church where I'm told that families are forever and all these great things, but I wasn't given that. And I was like, so you're already making me feel behind, but I'll never forget. Um, Hey, the moment that makes me laugh so much is that I really hated God and I really hated my church when I was like 13, 14. And I remember getting on my knees and just like absolutely crying to God and just being like, this is so unfair. You did X, Y, and Z, you know, and I just blamed God for it. Um, and then at this moment in time, Kanye West, like the life of Pablo album came out and I, nice. yes, yes. <laughs> Everyone leave your applause for later. Just kidding. But, <laughs> um, I the opening song for the album is Ultralight Beam and mm-hmm. says Pray for the Parents. And I just remember like listening to that song that like came on my shuffle like the next day. And I just remember being like, 
wow, like not only am I sad about my parents' situation and like the hard time that I was going through, but I know that God is. And so that's why I always like to say like my conversion really started with Kanye West because I was there, but God met me there. But not Mm. only did God meet me there, but he got me out of that. Not that Kanye West is bad because Jesus King did slap on multiple levels. However, just that the hip hop culture of like, F you, you know, the big, the the pride and the boasting of it all was not where I wanted to go, but Mm. God knew I was there. So he rescued me from there and I changed from it. And now I'm like a better person from it. So to answer your original question, Kanye West helps you connect with God. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) That's like the best answer I think I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Just put on little Jesus walks and then bang. (laughs) It's like I'm in the temple. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the temple. That's actually what I do because of COVID. Just kidding. But that's, <laughs> for me, like I have become that really strengthened my relationship with God because I knew God knew where I was and I knew that God knew what I needed to hear. Not necessarily did I need to hear a sermon or I needed to hear, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible for 30 hours straight and then I would be healed. No, he knew that I needed to hear someone who was also heartbroken, even if it was a rapper like Kanye was. Sure. And he knew I would be listening. So that is just, that was just a huge relationship builder because no one really knew that I was listening to Kanye West. I was more of a Nicki fan back then. But (laughs) (laughs) I love this for you. I love this. (laughs) I'm always going to be a Barb. However, something that I always like look at to God is through music. So that's something that I'm really big on is like my church has the most beautiful choir. Um, the, we just changed it, but the name, uh, the, choir at temple square which is beautiful so i often find god through music but also just daily things my church has this term called a tender mercy which is like what the average person would call like just a little a little coincidence like oh that's such a coincidence that happens to me that's a tender mercy because i believe if you can't believe like i'm i once heard i was reading a book and it said if you believe in coincidences you might as well call yourself an atheist and i was just like oh there it is because for me God talks to you in small and simple ways because he wants us to be able to understand. So for me, I always find it in tender mercies, whether that's, hey, I meet a coworker at work named Jack who happens to find out I'm really religious and then we get in touch and I'm on your podcast. To me, that's a tender mercy because I felt impressed that morning to open up about my religion and how God has affected me. And now look at where that is. Like, we'll cry. Yeah. No. So just little things like that, but also just, I, honest to God, feel relationships with other people. Like I feel God within talking to everyone, which is probably the most weird thing to say in this day and age, but it's the truth. And I think that's great because it really does draw a parallel or can help bridge the gap between, you know, what we consider to be Christianity and the U.S. as most people see it. And then also the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, because the way you get the way you connect with people and seeing God in in little opportunities, you know, not just being coincidences, listening through music and and things like that. That's all ways that I used to connect with God too when I was uh, when I had considered myself a Christian. And what's really important to that is is just realizing that once again we're all heading towards the same place. If you claim to follow God we connect in similar ways. Just because you go to one church doesn't mean necessarily that you're doing it wrong. 
just because you go to one church doesn't mean that you have to have a, a super strict set of rules or that like you're connecting with the wrong God or you're even connecting with God in wrong ways. Uh, yeah. I think it's really cool that you're able to express in a way that is so relatable to not just me, but I'm sure it's relatable to to people that are listening to the podcast as well. But also kind of along with that, do you have any like good memories or bad memories when it comes to relating to people that were from different churches? Because once again, not a lot of people know about the intricacies intricacies of your of your church. Did you ever find any backlash or people were just kind of not necessarily hurtful, but maybe like ignorant? Oh, a hundred percent. And part of it is there is there is a, a true aspect of you know modern day Christianity that is very toxic, where it's my way or the highway, or yeah, all these things. Yeah. Or um, the biggest example I have is when I first moved to Virginia, I became friends with this girl who shall her name nameless and she was a student at liberty university and so she had you know all the bible classes growing up and and you know she went to college and wrote every essay about every book and all these things and here i am walking in just i love the book of mormon and her and she we talked about religion for i would say like four hours or so which was a really great conversation but at the end of it she looked at me and said I know you believe in Jesus Christ and I know you believe in like the atonement and repentance and that's great, but I still can't find it within myself to call you a Christian because you don't believe the Bible is the ultimate book of God. I just remember looking at her and just feeling like you missed the entire point. Of <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> because it all goes back to Jesus Christ, you know, and there's such a, like, there's such a uniform feeling and unity that you can feel with anyone when you understand that Jesus Christ died for you and he died for me and he died for everyone around us. And once you understand that, and once you really, even though it would be impossible to understand it in this lifetime, but once you really focus in on that, it doesn't really matter that I go to a church that I believe that we have the book of Mormon, which is like the Bible for the Americas. But I have a wonderful person in my church and his podcast is great. And he talks about, he was actually a Baptist preacher and he talked mm-hmm. and he actually read the book of Mormon about five times. And he said, Oh yes. If you want to learn more about Jesus Christ, the book of Mormon will get you there as well, because that's what it's all about. Like going to heaven, like what you were talking about earlier, John, you have to understand who Jesus Christ is as a person and have that relationship. And right. that will be more qualifying towards heaven than you going to the right church and saying that I'm not a Christian just because I don't believe the Bible is the ultimate authority when it comes to Jesus Christ. So just yeah. little things like that, which I, I was, I remember feeling frustrated at the time because I was like, did I just waste five hours of my life? Like, okay, <laughs> like that went down the drain. But <laughs> it was important for me to understand that I had that knowledge in me and that I knew that. But most of the time people are pretty great. There are some things that are just like, okay, like I, I'll just never win on the subject and that's okay. Like we'll just, move on but it's not worth it you know some of those things like some of those conversations it's just it drives the spirit away it is something that i believe that satan just kind of gets in just so we lose sight of who we're really talking about yeah to go along with that it reminds me of the scripture in mark 9 verse 38 uh it says teacher said john we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we told him to stop because he was not one of us Do not stop him, Jesus said, 
For no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly, I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. And I think if you follow the Bible, you have to adhere to that, too. Yes. If you go to a Baptist church and you're welcoming of Catholics, but you're not welcoming of someone from the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, you have to remember that the Catholics also have this thing called the Apocrypha, which is also not according to church a modern church culture is a part of the bible they said it's an add-on of different gospels and different stories and different accounts of jesus and once again like just like mark 9 says jesus says if anybody is not against us they are for us and i think it's really important as we continue to bridge this gap and continue to understand through conversations different denominations of the same god we have to realize that we're all on the same team Yes. Is there accountability? Sure. Should we hold? Should we call each other higher? Should we encourage one another? Should we spur one another on towards good deeds? Absolutely. But to bring another person down because they're not following the way that you follow, if it's not sinful, leave them alone. That's <laughs> the problem. Exactly. Why condemn somebody for listening to music and connecting with God when you connect with God by walking out in silence in nature? Yes. One's great. The other one's great. Yes. Don't don't say that someone's lesser of a Christian or is not going to go to heaven just because that they enjoy music when you enjoy sunset, sunshine and trees. Exactly. And do you even have the right to condemn someone if you don't even have the relationship to know whether or not they have that relationship with God? And that's where yeah. I've always struggled because it's a lot of the time when people want to say negative things about my church or even negative things about Joseph Smith, who I'm weirdly the most offensive person about, or I am so kind about everything. But if anyone says anything negative about Joseph Smith, I will throw hands because that man was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's like I have always felt frustrated because I'm like, you don't even know if I have that relationship with my savior, Jesus Christ, to condemn me for not yeah. having that relationship. Like you yeah. have, you know, put the time and effort. And a lot of it is just them saying what they were raised with and hearing what they heard about like those typical Mormons da, 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 down in Utah. So that's really what it is all about though, is just understanding that we're all looking and we're all on the same team, like really and truly. If we're striving in the name of Jesus Christ, we're really all on the same team. And that's all that matters. Yeah, for sure. I think something that kind of towed that line in my opinion and hindsight that my church did is that we would sit down with what we called personal Bible studies. And then we would look at the Bible and scriptures and we would talk about like Jesus's standard of following him by the Bible standard. What is sin according to the Bible standard? And then from that point in perspective, there'd be kind of this accountability of like, is this something that you're doing? Do you realize this is bad? Do you, do you want to change? Like, do you want that accountability? Do you want to grow? Uh, the problem that I think that that my old church had sometimes is that we kind of overstepped that boundary where we'd be like, oh, you didn't know this was a sin. You need to think about like if you were ever really saved in the first place. And once again, like we don't necessarily have that that length. I think there was a good natured concern there, but I don't think we have the the means to overstep that boundary. Um, but once again, like if if people are just connecting with God, don't condemn them for how they connect. Yeah. Like that's that's not. That's not what Jesus would do. <laughs> Once again, if, if you're not against me, you're for me. 
looking at like when I think about on my personal conversion, yeah, I was 13, 14 when I heard that Kanye West song and I was, I was like, oh my gosh, God, that's where I was. But <laughs> I was not in any way, shape or form a good Christian by any means till two years later. Mm-hmm. And that's something that if someone would have condemned me when I was 13, 14, I would never be on the path that I am now just because I would feel like, wow, there's no, there's no hope. All right. I might as well just give up now and do whatever I want and not even think about choice and accountability and all those things. But that's something that I was so grateful that I had, I lived in a place where I was, where everything was kind of acceptable. So, and that's something that like, I, I think the Lord every day, like, I'm so grateful. No one's like stepped on me because I would never be where I am with my personal relationship with God if it wasn't for that. So that's something that you also have to remember within everyone's own conversion. For sure. AJ, you have any questions or thoughts before we move on to the next topic? You, you guys are you guys just woke up today and decided to speak facts and I'm just <laughs> no I know that they can't see me right now, but just letting y'all know who are listening out there this entire time I've just been nodding my head yes. <laughs> just been like absolutely absolutely like you point blank period got right to the point like honestly you took the words out all out of my mouth i was literally about to be like we're on the same team and then you guys were like we're on the same team and i was like yeah, we are on the same team okay sick <laughs> aj's just sitting in the back like true yeah i'm literally the hype man i'm gonna be the hype man for this episode be like what he said what she said yeah <laughs> That person in the back of the church is just like, amen, like every five seconds. Yeah, I'm going to just start, amen. There it is. is. Okay, cool. Well, I think just to continue to help build a knowledge of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for our our listeners who may not know, uh, why don't we hop into a little bit about just your guys' beliefs of how things are handled? That sounds a little vague and kind of ominous. Yeah, I was like, oh. uh, <laughs> but I, th- I thought something that was interesting when we discussed in our preliminary meeting uh, was that you all have a, a similar concept to what the Catholics would call purgatory, right? Where you believe that like, it's not the end all be all like it's either heaven or hell as soon as you die. Um, I wanted to get into kind of like how you guys view the afterlife and salvation just so we can continue to grow our knowledge as, as we bridge this gap. So something that we need to, you know, as I explain my answer, a couple of things I want you guys to keep in your mind is one, we do believe that everyone is a child of God and everyone is created in God's image. We also believe in choice and agency. So we believe that you show God who you are by your choices. That is a huge thing that my church really hones in on and something that I have a huge testimony of because I can sit here and say that I love God all that I want, but if I don't listen and I don't, you know, obey the two first great commandments, which is love God and love your neighbor, then really, who am I? And that's Mm -hmm. something that I want you guys to keep in mind as I answer this, because it might get a little bit fuzzy, but I'll try to be as clear as I can. (laughs) So we believe that this life, not everyone is given the opportunity to learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ, as sad as that is. Not everyone is going to have that opportunity. So we believe that once we die, um, depending on whether or not in, I guess, in regular um, Christianity, the term would be saved. We don't really use that in my church because you never are saved because there's always something to work for and there's always things to repent on. So you're never just completely saved. There's always 
things that you can be improving upon. But we believe that if you are, if you've made covenants in this life and you've kept your covenants, um, you go to this thing called spirit paradise where you're with Jesus and you learn more about the gospel. But if you didn't have the opportunity to learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ, you go to this thing called spirit prison, which sounds really sad and gloomy and something like Harry Potter and, you know, all these <laughs> things. However, the dementors. Thought, yeah, the dementors are there. <laughs> you know. The worst thing about prison was the dementors. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes full circle. It all comes full circle. Um, she really was her own prophet. Just kidding. Um, but <laughs> something that, that was a joke. <laughs> I was not a representative of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because I don't think they'd accept. But anyway, um, it's okay. It's all good. It's okay. I'm not 19 yet. I haven't <laughs> papers. Anyway, so something that. Sorry, or I'm really gonna get clowned. Okay, so Spirit Prison is where those kids like something that gets asked to a lot of different like denominations of Christians. Like what about that kid in Africa? That's never heard about Jesus. Is he going to hell? And they have to go, right. ah, he's going to hell. You know, they always answer it like that because inherently that's wrong. I feel like everyone feels in their bones. Like that's a wrong answer. Like what, how is that? Can I, how is that a justful God and a loving God just going to send a kid to Africa? So never had the ability. Right. So spirit prison is where we believe that, they are taught the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then they have the choice to accept or deny it. And which is something that I think is so beautiful because this is not, not that this life doesn't matter because it definitely does. This life is an important time for us to decide who we are as children of God and what we're going to do with the time that God has given us and the talents that we've been given, right? Are we going to bury them or are we going to make it something worthy? And how are we building the kingdom, right? However, that is another beautiful thing about my church is that we really do believe in second chances because God wants all of his children to come back home to him. And that's something that I think that purgatory, even though we don't really use the term purgatory, is the perfect place for all of God's children to be able to accept or deny the gospel. So that's kind of like our views on it. And then we do believe in like a couple more steps. We don't just believe that you die and then you get automatic heaven or hell because that's too... That's too black or white. And I think God's kind of great. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting because, so my church, and I'll just use that as a, as a comparison, the church that I was a part of was very much black or white. Yes. They, they believed kind of like you were saying at the beginning, they don't necessarily believe that once you're saved, you're saved. You know, you can't just enter the waters of baptism as my church believed, and then just do whatever you wanted. And then because you were baptized at some point in your life, you're still going to go to heaven, even though you made terrible choices that are very clearly marked out as sin in the Bible. But they also believe that, and this was kind of some conversations that one, I gave to people who had left the church, but also some talks that I was given when I left the church was that the second that I left the church, not just Christianity in general, but mainly our, our church was that hell was waiting for me. There was no second option. There was no spirit prison. There was no dementors. There was no purgatory. It was just straight up. If you die in this moment saying that you don't want to follow God or saying that you don't want to attend our church, then you will go to hell. And I always think, I always find it very compelling the churches and the denominations that do believe in a certain level of this isn't it, you know, um, because we had a guest on earlier, Tucker, 
who Tucker. had mentioned <laughs> uh, Tucker's great, but he had mentioned that someone who, by that logic, someone who said, yeah, I don't know. I'm just having a lot of doubts. If he dies, he goes and then for an, the same eternity, he suffers the same punishments that Hitler suffers. Yes. And it's like, how is that? How does that make sense in in good. anyone's mind? Yeah, that's what's one. That was like one of the main things that confused me about Christianity growing up, looking outside of the religion. I was just like, so that sounds a little bit unfair. And all the things that I have heard about God, he sounds pretty fair. So <laughs> if two plus two is five, nope. <laughs> My joke and, and it isn't. And it's not. Explain yourself. And there you go. <laughs> My joke was ruined right when I said that. Anyway. <laughs> oh, you get what I mean. Don't cut it. <laughs> so, just leave it in. I just, it's fine. Amazing. <laughs> no, and that's the thing about God, which there is, you know, something that my church really hones in on. And I was, I feel like really hit home for me is that you are going to, you are going to be judged to your level of awareness and your knowledge. Yeah. So something that like ex Mormons is like a huge thing online. And if you Google ex Mormons, there's just so much hatred. And the only way I can really describe it, um, ex Mormons, I don't want to clown on them because I know that they're really hurt in their own ways by my church and they feel a lot of sad ways, but I just view them as like, imagine if you got divorced and then you went to strangers weddings and told them that that was the worst thing you could ever do. Like that's kind of like the the feeling of like an ex Mormon is like just kind of like if it was that bad just kind of move on you know what I'm saying interesting uh, yeah so the hatred is real but so um for my church in no way shape or form I'm just gonna sit here and be like it's all lollipops and daisies in the real world um, sure yeah yeah <laughs> however something that I always like the the biggest danger is. I always say like the only way that we really believe that you can go to hell is if you really meet God and then deny his existence, because that to me is the biggest insult you can have to God. Cause there's one thing of just not knowing about God, never hearing about Jesus. Cause then you can't really be judged on whether or not you know that he died for you or not, or you know that you're a son or daughter of God. You can't really be judged cause you never knew that. But the biggest danger that we fall in is did you receive that knowledge and then reject it? Because that, to me, that's more scary than never knowing. Because from my beliefs, you'll have ample opportunities in the next life and the life after that to know about God and to meet Jesus. But mm -hmm. it's kind of like with Judas. Like, he saw the Savior. He saw the Savior perform almost every miracle. But he still rejected him at the one time he really shouldn't have, which right. caused the atonement. So I think that is the biggest, that is like the only huge sin that is very very hard to come back from but that again is like the most just that you could do because how like what else could god do at that point yeah like, yeah treat them do you know what i'm saying because there's a difference between not understanding a principle not understanding a certain doctrine not understanding like a certain aspect about god but then there's a whole difference of like knowing him and having relationships with him and then just saying nah so <laughs> no i'm good i don't you know. <laughs> Like, um, wait, so you want to give me either grace and forgiveness or eternal damnation? Give me a second. I gotta, I gotta think, you know? And that's just something that like, that is a bigger fear than sinning because I know that as long as I'm in the right place and as, as long as I know that my savior died for me, there's always repentance and I can always change and repentance is a good thing. 
but just yeah. saying the God is that's like whew, puts fear in my bones. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like that gives Grace so much more of like a security blanket. So yes. my church was very much like, oh, you're sinning, stop it. Yes, Grace not really a thing if you're sinning right now like fix yourself and then remember that grace is there like you're sinning grace is great so that's why you should be fixing yourself you know and obviously there's scriptures that say be perfect as your father in heaven's perfect um you know and and not to take away from those things at all but with with there being almost a security blanket of as long as i'm striving if i have to go to the spirit prison for a little bit atone for my sins in, in certain ways, and then I can be with God. That's so much more of a relief than if I'm not perfect in this life to my last breath, then I'm going to hell, which was very much the vibe that I and a lot of my friends who have left the church that I was a part of had, where it's it, if I have anger towards my Christian roommate who ate my last apple before he left for work this morning. And I still have the anger in my heart when I get hit by a, a bus, you know, if I'm trying to cross the street, then I'm going to hell. Yeah. And that's so, that's so scary, but it sounds like, I don't know that that concept is so warming to me uh, to know that, that you guys can have that, that security blanket almost. And I feel like that makes grace abound so much more and even your appreciation towards it uh, to, to a peace of mind as well in this life. Well, even like when you're talking about how, like, you're like, well, I'll just go to hell because I still have anger in my heart. That's anxiety. And anxiety is not from God in any way, shape or form. That mm -hmm. is from the evil one, even though, I, and I hate saying like the evil one or Satan, because I feel like this, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like the, the darkness, <laughs> like the darkness <laughs> who shall not be named. <laughs> Why always the Harry Potter reference? Me? I don't know. <laughs> We're already on a roll with it tonight. Yeah. It's just, you uh, gotta keep it going. We'll never forget what she did. However, that's just something that like, that is just, I don't think in it, like even within the Bible, or in the Book of Mormon, that idea of living in an anxious state of whether or not you're good enough, that is not of God of any way, shape, or form. Right. And I think that that's something that, like, when you talked about grace, it's like, you don't repent and then get grace. You get grace in order for you to repent. And that, like, right. they switched it. And that's just something that, like, I feel like a beautiful thing about my church, not to just sit here and, like, rep my church so hard, but also I will rep my church until I die. As you should. As I should, you're right, period. However, that's something that my, I feel like my church has the most, oh, this is going to sound so prideful, but my church, I feel like has the best way to facilitate the gospel of Jesus Christ in a, the year 2021 within every context that the gospel of Jesus Christ can fit into your life. And that's just something that I wish more Christians understood about my church is that we're really about Jesus. Like if you really, if you read the book of Mormon, like we're prophesizing of Christ, we're preaching of Christ, we're doing all those things for Jesus. Like we are on the exact same Jersey. We are, we just may have different, you know, bold lettering on our jerseys, but Hey, it's sure. the same team. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, uh, sports movies, especially the USA hockey team in 1980, that movie miracle. There's this line where the coach, he uses some colorful language, so I won't repeat it word for word. But basically he says, you have to realize that you're playing for, that the 
the letters on the front of the jersey are a heck of a lot more important than the letters on the back. And I feel like that's how Christianity is at the end of the day. You know, your denomination may be Baptist or Lutheran or Presbyterian or Pescatarian or, you know, whatever denomination that you are. Uh, for those who don't know, Pescatarian means you only eat fish. But like, I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel like that's not right. But okay. Oh, hold up. That's, that's not a denomination. <laughs> I call shenanigans. Uh, no, but whatever denomination you're a part of, the name on the front of the jersey is obviously God, is Jesus. And that's got to be the most important thing. You know, if you claim to follow God, people who are in other churches, they're your teammates. You know, in any sport, you have to call your team higher. In any job, take coffee shop, for example, you have to call the other baristas to a higher standard if you want to get all of the drinks out on time, all the drinks made correctly. I work, I work with loans right now, and me and everyone that I work with on that loan have to be on the same page if we want it done quickly and efficiently and done the correct way. Uh, and I think the same thing stands for people who are striving after a relationship with God and want to be with God at the end of the day is that we all got to work together. We may have different styles, different ways of going about it, but let's all just get there and let's work together to make it happen. And it's a good thing that we have different styles and it's a good thing that we approach God differently because God made us differently for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And bearing our talents again is like another huge thing that I'm terrified of. It's like, there is no, like, I'm terrified that I'm not living up to my fullest potential as a daughter of God, just because I'm afraid that AJ might think differently of me or, you know, stuff like that. When in reality is like you said, the Jersey metaphor, like this is for God. This is not for me. And once you remove that, I always find it so much easier to live out my life for God. Once I remove that, the ego from it. AJ, you got any thoughts or questions? The only thing going through my head in this moment is the song. We're all in this together. And it where we are, we're all stars. And we see that. Don't copyright. Strike me. Uh, <laughs> but that's all. I'm editing that out. Can you don't edit it out, man. <laughs> that's honestly what I was going through my head is that song. But like, again, you're. T- I'm just sitting here like, yeah, you really, you really said it. You know, <laughs> you know, you but, really said those words back there, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, those are words." Yeah, no, I agree but, with them. But honestly, uh, while when you guys were talking about uh, grace um, and stuff like that, I really, in my personal opinion, I always felt like the black and white version of "you're just gonna go to hell" the second you make a mistake. I feel like that drives people away from god even more because the more fear you put into it then the more likely they're like okay i'm not even gonna try because this is too hard it's impossible and hearing the way the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints do it and and what they and how they believe it it's gone about is like so um it's comforting and i feel like that's what that's why it makes it so easy to have such a great relationship with God, like the way I see Caroline's relationship with God, lovely, love it. Um, because there's that sense of like, dude, he's got your back. Yeah. Like, don't eat, like relax. Like it's going to be okay. Right. Like that I think is what makes it better for everyone. But once you part, once you start putting like intense fear, just like, oh, 
Hitler's going to be a roommate. Then it's <laughs> like, obviously, everyone's going to be like, no, thank you. Yes. Right. Like, I'm good. No, I'm going to go now. So. No, yeah, I totally get it. And something that I always, that while you were talking, like came to my mind is like, when people put that fear in you, I always think, how much faith do you have in your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> if you don't believe that Jesus died for you and that he He paid the price for that sin and that you can't come back from that because of you said the F word or because you may have committed adultery or all the, you know, all that just like, that was just a broad spectrum. That was a jump. I, yeah, that was a jump. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't believe that, then... What can I trust you then as a preacher or a pastor when it comes to God, if you can't understand that one simple concept, because this life is all about repentance. If you really think about it in the grand scheme of things, like this life is all about making choices and say, oh, that's on me. Should I made that one? Let me change it. Cause that's what repentance is. Repentance isn't, I did a bad thing. I'm sorry. Let me go cry in my car for six hours. And maybe I'll feel a little bit better about it. Repentance is, wow, that was a mistake. What went wrong there? What can I do better? And then going to God and saying, all right, this is my plan. I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't have done that. So next time when I'm in that situation, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And we'll try it out again. And that is repentance. That is change. But I I get really, really frustrated when I hear a lot of people, especially millennials or Gen Z, like my generation, who struggle with Christianity because I'm like, you've lost so many of God's children just by that that like well you're going to hell and it's like you don't even really believe in jesus then and that's a bold thing for me to say but i said it i'm going to stand by that then (laughs) because honestly yeah like what is what is the atonement of jesus christ what does his death mean to you then yeah it's like where like again that's where a lot of my confusion came from is like how there would be literally within a five minute time span i would be talking to someone and they would say uh jesus and and god they're all loving they're all forgiving they're merciful they're merciful people and they're like you're all about forgiveness and love and blah 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 two seconds later uh what are you doing do you want to go to hell for that like why are you vaping and i'm like okay (laughs) so I don't know how we went from A to Z, zero to 60, pretty quick, but thanks. That makes no sense. I'm confused now. And that's the thing that, like, again, like when I talked about my like conversion story is like, God met me in a place of sin, but he got me out of it where I'm no longer, not that listening to Kanye West is a sin in any way, (laughs) shape, or form, but I'm saying, (laughs) or listening to Nicki Minaj is a sin in any way, shape, or form, but just living in that mindset 24-7 of like, well, I'm better than you. I deserve that. You know, that whole like pride and boastfulness of it. God met me there. He knew I was sad there, but I I escaped Babylon is the only way I can say it is because of his grace and his forgiving. So it's like, yes, God is all loving and God is all those things, but don't expect to be loved by him and stay the same because love, the truest form of love is change and it is repentance. But I feel like a lot of Christians go go about it the same like the wrong way like the experiences you were talking about aj is like oh wait so you didn't get changed in the last five minutes that's interesting wow you just really don't believe and it's like guess what um god has his own timetable that we really can't comprehend and for me it took about two years and for someone it may take about 10 or 15 but that's okay because god's gonna work on them in the way that god knows that that person needs to be worked on whether that how fast or slow that is personally it's none of our business it's our job is to just love God and then with the love that we feel from God to love our neighbors 
And that's really what it's all about. Literally. Yeah. Dude. That was powerful. She's saying words. He said it, dude. She said it. <laughs> it opened it. And it said something. And I said, all right. <laughs> said a word. You're saying those words right there. Stop making fun of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's great that you're saying all of this because, yeah, I think most people who are like, oh, you're going to hell. They want to have the mentality of like, yeah, I'm like Jesus in John 2, where he just starts flipping tables and making a whip out of cords because he's like righteously angry. And that's what indignation is. But the problem was for our listeners who may not know that, or maybe you do know it and you just need a refresher. The reason he got angry, the reason that he flipped tables, the reason he made a whip out of cords in the temple was because those people knew what they were doing wrong. They knew the scriptures. They knew all of the rules. They knew what pleased God and they went against it. That's why he became so angry. That's why he was always going after the Pharisees and the Sadducees throughout the gospels is because they knew better. For someone who is like AJ, who doesn't have a lot of knowledge of the gospels of scripture, if she's vaping, why are you going at her with the righteous fury of someone who grew up going to church, knows all of this stuff, is basically a Pharisee? Like, she needs to be loved and taught the knowledge of what's right and wrong. She needs to be shown love, shown the mercy. And then that's how people learn. You can't, you can't get like just give everything out in the righteous anger that Jesus has and hope that people respond with, like, huh, you must be correct. Give me the holy waters, please. Okay. Yeah, it's just not gonna work. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, the more you yell at me and like make it like a big deal, the more I'm gonna like just do it. That no, <laughs> <laughs> like if you're gonna, that's like what I'm saying. Pa- oh, also, just side note, parenting styles don't yell at me because then I'm gonna do what you told me not to do even harder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the thing that again, a lot of people I feel like don't understand what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. So they're getting mad at you for a response to the gospel. They're not getting mad at you because you don't know the gospel. I'll give you an example. I'm about to go on another preaching moment, but (laughs) don't buckle up. It's like, okay, I always think about it like the the teaching, our body's a temple, right? We're supposed to like know that. And so whenever someone like, let's say OJ or not OJ, sorry, AJ, sorry. That's me. I am OJ. (laughs) So let's say OJ is driving in a white Bronco. I am (laughs) on a low speed chase in a white Ford Bronco. (laughs) (laughs) So I just heard the J and I was like, it's OJ. Just kidding. Yeah. The glove didn't fit. The glove didn't fit. Exactly. You must acquit. You must. (laughs) No. Something that like if there is a church party or something, this is again, I may just be showing off like my, you know, my heritage in the church that I grew up in. But I love it. Go off. Go off. I'm about to go off. But (laughs) with let's say you showed up to a pool party and you wore a bikini, but all the other girls were wearing a a, like a one suit, right? Like a Mm -hmm. one piece, right? That's a huge thing in my church. It's like she's not dressing modestly, so that's a sin. No, 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 no. If you don't understand that your body is a temple, then you're not going to be inspired to dress modestly because you're just like, oh, it's my body, whatever. Tee right? That's the yeah. thing. So that is a that is a reaction to the gospel. That's not the gospel. You wearing a bikini is not a sin because nowhere in the gospels does it say, do not wear a bikini, especially you, AJ. That's not what it says. <laughs> it says treat your body as a temple, right? So it's a sin for, so for me having that understanding, it's a sin for me to dress immodestly because 
I understand that my body is a temple. So that my reaction to the gospel is then a sin, but you not understanding the gospel and your reaction to it is not a sin because you don't understand the gospel in the first place. Does that make sense? Are y'all seeing what I'm spraying? I am. I'm here for it. And frankly, (laughs) the next time someone tries to say anything to me, I'm using this. Because well, actually, well, actually, <laughs> well, that's something that I wish a lot of, like a lot of Christians, they just think it's, and again, it's the culture of it, right? Like I'm, right. A Christian, I'm not supposed to swear. I'm not supposed to do all these things or like, I'm not supposed to swear. I'm not supposed to have sex before I'm married. I'm not supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Reality is like all those things are a reaction that you have to the gospel, right? Not having sex before you're married is you understanding who you you are who you are as a person of God and you understanding like who my relationship is and then it's you saying okay well because I understand that I'm a daughter of God and purity is a thing I'm going to like the commandments say because I love and obey God is that I'm not going to have sex before I'm married right but if I don't understand that and it's only a cultural thing to not have sex before you're married your heart's not in it and then you're not really following it to follow god you're following it because i don't want to be called a whore do you know what i'm saying even though it's really yeah. bold to say but Whoa. that's not following god because you love god that's following god because you're afraid of the social repercussions of not following god and that's something that i always get very very i don't want to say annoyed because i shouldn't be annoyed but also i get annoyed with it because i'm like hey you're yeah. not understanding what you're saying you're just yeah. saying yeah. that because culturally i'm supposed to feel this way so i'm going to feel this way yeah, you're not following God, you're following the flow, which exactly. is not, you know, I mean, rarely God, rarely. Yeah, God. exactly. Exactly. Cool. So I think as we bring this in for a landing, uh, Caroline, if, if people want to know more about uh, the Church of Jesus Christ and the Latter day Saints, obviously we're going to give out your contact information, but do you have any other tools or any other? sources where that someone could go to if they're looking to to understand or read up more on their own time rather than just hearing the the different stigmas and the different stereotypes that they may hear in their own in their own day-to-day life yeah so the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints.org is our website i'll say it slower the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints.org is our website um we actually have a lot of missionaries right now due to covid they're actually kind of just stuck in their apartments all day um, and they would love to talk to you. I know that because <laughs> every week and they see board um, and that their whole job is to preach the gospel. So as much as I can do on this, you know, two hour podcast, they can do it a lot more and they're trained to do it and they know what to say. And I however do not. So there's someone that you could reach out to. Um, also, just looking up anything that's church official on YouTube, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, um, that will teach you more of our doctrine. Obviously, I can't go into it all because it took Joseph Smith about mm, 35 years to learn everything. So I can't do it in two hours, sadly. Um, um, do it. Uh, Actually, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> are, <just> kidding. <laughs> Marriage is between. Just kidding. <laughs> um, article of faith number one. <laughs> so. Love it. Yes. So, you know, just looking at the website is something that you can do. Um, mm-hmm. I really excellent resources. I would especially say our YouTube channel. It's probably the best Christian YouTube channel out there. Not to, not trying to flex or anything. We got some good animations. About- good animations? Um, yes, yes. They're so cute. Is it like Hank Green? <laughs> John Green style? No, no, no. They're better. They're better than Ooh, John. Better than John Green? Yes, they'll do a better job of explaining our view of heaven and our view of our purpose here on earth than I could ever do. I'm so, ready to go. 
I'm yeah. doing that after I get off. <laughs> You're gonna text it's a wild me. Friday night. So I'm getting baptized on Friday, and I'm gonna be like, oh, hey what? Guys. I'll be there. <laughs> I expect both of you to. I'll see you guys in the temple in five years. Just kidding. Love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, it's it's always great if you want to know more. Go to the source. Yes. You know, don't don't go to Wikipedia because anybody can put anything they want on there. Don't yeah. ask your crazy uncle who, you know, will give you directions, even though he has no idea where he's going. It's always most beneficial to talk to someone who actually knows what they're talking about. And kind of along the same lines with that, Caroline, what would be your advice to anyone, either within a church culture or outside of a church culture? Let's say you guys get on the topic of religion and you start to say, I'm part of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. What would be your advice to them on how to be the most loving and the most understanding that they can be and not come across in a way that's very standoffish, which I think is sometimes our tendencies when we begin to talk about something we don't necessarily understand or know a lot about? Yeah, I would just say um, I'm kind of the the quirky one of the group where I'm not really afraid. I'm so quirky, you guys. I'm <laughs> really afraid to talk about my religion, but I would say something that I know is that a lot of people within my church are afraid to talk about it because they don't want to be weird. So yeah. I would just keep in the mindset of like, they have probably, and again, this is just me like assuming everything, but they have probably only been around other members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints their whole life, especially if they're born into it. So them talking about it kind of is a big deal. And there's been like a social pressure for her whole life of like, what are you going to say when someone asks you about Joseph Smith? <laughs> and they're just kind of like, so like 1820, like they're just they're be like a little nervous about it. So just make sure that like you're just kind and like if they don't know everything, because obviously this whole learning about the church is a whole lifelong pursuit that is so worth it. But just understand that they might not have every answer that you're looking for. So just keep that in mind. And also just keep in mind that just because they're a member of a church doesn't mean that they are hundred percent fully in it and have as strong as a testimony as me or even the prophet would have of it because they're still learning and they're still understanding what their role is in the church as well. So that's just the only things that I keep in mind. Yeah. That's great. This whole podcast is built around bridging that gap, you know, being able to create conversations with people from different backgrounds, different sexual identities, different walks of life, religions, no matter what it might be, denominations that we don't innately understand. And the advice that we always give to people is just to listen. That's, yeah. that's the best thing that you can do. If you don't understand something, don't try to puff out your chest with what you might actually know because you one, you could be wrong and making a fool of yourself, which nobody ever wants to do. But also part of bridging the gap is being able to open that door for conversation and welcoming them through that door of conversation. So be loving, be listening, and you know, with everything else, just just be a kind human being. Don't be afraid to open up your heart a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't <laughs> shut up, John. <laughs> I say that. Open your heart a little bit. Shut up, John. 
Well, that mean also the fact that I said that right after I said, be lo- be kind, be loving. And then you were like, yeah, open up your heart, which is like basically saying the same thing. And I was like, oh, no. Ew, it just too far. Too emotional. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Caroline, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for taking your time to, to share your story, to share just a little bit about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Obviously, you're not a, a signed, sealed, delivered ambassador. But you had a lot of knowledge for us. That was that was great. And I think really helpful for for starting this conversation. Thanks for having me on. I was glad to be, you know, on it. I think it's interesting that I was on it at such a young age, but it's it's a fun thing. So thanks for having me. I'm in the same boat as you, girl. (laughs) Why am I here? (laughs) How how did any of us get here? How did any of us get here? Really? That's a great question. God brought us all together for a reason. Yes, exactly. Yes, but y'all can find me on Twitter at seal one five three. Just kidding, <laughs> girl. I'm getting my phone out. Where is it? Oh, don't follow there me. It is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I, I would gladly follow you on Twitter as long as you don't follow me back because I also have some pretty dumb tweets. I think I genuinely think my last tweet was James. The name, the the name James is short for Jameson Triple Distilled Scotch Irish Whiskey. <laughs> That was my actual tweet. I don't know. Mine was probably like, I just got done crying. LOL. Like, <laughs> we all have very different personalities. I love it. It's incredible. Oh, um, it was singing hymns is the best way to invite the spirit into your life. And this is not up for debate. This is, I love it. Love it. It got a retweet. So y'all might want to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> got a celebrity up in here. All right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So if, if anybody wants to go follow Caroline's Twitter, be ready for some retweets, for some popularity, <laughs> prepare to see some clout. But Caroline, if anybody else has any questions and, and they want to reach out to you, maybe they have their own stories, maybe have their own questions. Maybe there's someone who also attends the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, and they're looking for a safe space to talk about their own experiences. Where can people reach you? Twitter mainly. So my handle is seal one five three because I made it when I was 13. Um sick. or my Instagram sick. And then my Instagram is Caroline is laughing. Um so either of those things you can look me up on and I'll probably respond to your DM as long as you're not um a creepy dude. But other than that, yeah, it's all it's over. Perfect. <laughs> creepy Word. dudes need not apply. Yeah. yeah. Back up. Yes, not allowed. Try again. Not allowed. But no, that's great. And we're we're gonna put that on. Our Facebook page, our Forgive Me Father Instagram page when we announce this episode. So we'll be sure that it is spelled correctly so you guys can get in contact with Caroline. Uh, Just to share your own stories, to ask questions, to keep this conversation going, and to continue to bridge the gap with any type of walks of life, but especially today being the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So until next time. Till next time. Till next time. There's a huge gap in between there. Catch you on the flippity flip. Catch you on the flippity flip. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Bears beats. Battlestar Galactica. Galactica.